Well, good morning, and God bless you. Today we are going to pick back up in our Bible study through the Gospel of Matthew. The last time that we were together, we took a look at Matthew chapter 21, and we studied the first 22 verses of Matthew 21. So today we will be in Matthew 21 again, of course, and we're going to pick it up teaching in verse 23. Now just a reminder, if you would like to hear any of our previous teachings, you can do so by visiting our website, which is www.aloveoutreach.com, or you can find some, not all of our teachings on YouTube by searching for A Love Outreach, and you can find all of our teachings in audio format only by going to SoundCloud or to iTunes and searching for A Love Outreach as well. But like I said, we're going to go ahead and pick up today's teaching starting in verse 23 of Matthew chapter 21. So hopefully if you're watching and you have a Bible handy or your phone app, your Bible phone app, you can go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 21. And we're going to go ahead, like I said, start starting down in verse 23. So it says here, speaking of our Lord Jesus, it says, Now when he came into the temple, the chief priest and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Okay, so here we go again, right? Jesus walks into the temple and he's confronted immediately by these religious hypocrites. I'm sorry, you can't really describe them in, in uh, any other terms as you read through and you see how they antagonize Jesus, right? Uh, this is the same group that has been antagonizing him all along. You see, they think that they are God's top executives. You know, they think that all authority is with them. That's their attitudes. So here they go again questioning their creator. Of course, they're ignorant to the fact that Jesus is the creator of all things and that he is the word that became flesh and dwelt among us, as the scripture teaches. And they're ignorant because they simply refuse to believe in him. And that's an important part for us to understand. They're ignorant to who God is because they simply refuse to believe in or have faith in who Jesus is. And even though they have seen his mighty works, and many of time, many of times they've heard his powerful words. And unfortunately, though, today many people still refuse to submit to Jesus Christ. But these guys don't have anything on Jesus, you see. And Jesus for sure will not bow down to them here, right? And in verse 24, it tells us, but Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing, which if you will tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, where was it from? 
from heaven or from men? And they reasoned amongst themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, we fear the multitude, for all count John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus and said, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. So the truth of the matter is that when they said here, we do not know, they were lying. They simply did not want to commit to giving an honest answer. And Jesus knew this. You see, John the Baptist, who Jesus brings up here, John preached repentance. And non-believers, people that don't want to come to Jesus, they don't want to repent. And they don't want to hear anything about repenting. Many will accept some form of a religion that allows them to remain in their sin, but to commit to the Lord, first there must be repentance. John prepared the way for the coming of the Lord, right? We know that. By telling people to, to do what? What did John preach? He said, repent and be baptized. Of course, we know that he also told the people that there was one that was coming after him who would baptize them with the Holy Spirit. But again, it all begins with repentance. No repentance, then there's no being born again of the Spirit. But again, these guys here that are confronting Jesus, they don't want to commit. They, want to, they were comfortable in their religion. And they were happy just to stay there. You see, there was one of these religious leaders that came one night secretly to Jesus. His name was Nicodemus. And we find this story in the Gospel of John chapter 3. And I want you to go ahead and find out. The Gospel of John chapter 3. It's a familiar story if you know your Bible well. But go ahead, John. we're in Matthew, so you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. And I want you to find chapter 3. And I'm going to go ahead and teach you through or talk with you through the first 21 verses of this chapter here. But again, picture the scene that we're in back there in Matthew uh, chapter 21, right? Here we have these religious leaders coming and confronting Jesus, wanting to know where he gets his authority or basically kind of saying, who do you think you are? That you can come and do this kind of thing and teach these kind of things and tell these kind of things, right? And Jesus is cutting them to the heart, right? Letting them see who they are and who he is in all of his dealings with them. So again, here comes this man. There's a man that we're going to read about here, this man Nicodemus, and he's one of these guys. He's one of these religious leaders, and he's coming to Jesus curious. So in John chapter 3 and verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So picture here, again, the same kind of guy that's confronting Jesus back there 
in Matthew chapter 21. And verse 2 says, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So now there's something a little bit different here going on in the heart of this man Nicodemus here. He's coming to realize something about Jesus, right? His eyes are being opened to the truth that Jesus had indeed come from God. Remember the guys back in Matthew 21? Where do you get this authority? But something's different about Nicodemus here. This religious ruler, this leader, something was happening in his heart. Okay? His heart wasn't quite as hard as these other guys. So he comes to Jesus under the cover of darkness, right? Not quite ready to openly come to him, maybe. But he's, he's at a, a good place here. He's at the starting point where he's petitioning Jesus. That's important for all of us to realize as well. When your heart begins to question about God, about life, about Jesus Christ, the place to start is by going to Jesus, petitioning Him in prayer, coming to Him. And that's what Nicodemus is doing here. And it says in Verse 3, that Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, all Scripture is important. But this is a key Scripture in the New Testament. What Jesus says here. We all must take this to heart. We all must understand this. Okay? But Jesus knew that this man had questions that were directly from his heart, from the depths of his soul. And Jesus cuts right to the chase and says to Nicodemus, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And again, that's the key factor. You see, religious affiliation church membership, church attendance. None of this matters as far as entering the kingdom of God, being born again. You must be born of the Spirit for this. Okay? It says in verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Not a bad question, right? What's all this stuff here, Jesus? What are you telling me? This is what Nicodemus is saying here. I've already been born. I'm standing right here in front of you, aren't I? What are you talking about, Jesus? Right? Verse 5, Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So very, very simple here, right? You can't. You can complicate this, I guess, if you want. But staying in the context of the question that Nicodemus asked Jesus, 
right? It was a direct question, staying within that context, right? In, in other words, Nicodemus mentions getting back into his mother's womb, okay? In, in which, where he had come from, right? And all of us, where all of us came from, right? We were all in a sack of water, if you will. The water breaks, the baby is born. And this is what Jesus is referring to here when he states that, yes, all people are born from out of the womb of a woman, right? From that sack of water. But all people, in addition to their physical birth, and this is the important part, that all people in addition to their physical birth, must be born again. This is what Jesus is teaching. But this time, they must be spiritually reborn, born of the Spirit. And Jesus continues this explanation. In verse 6, he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. So again, what's he talking about? The physical birth, the natural birth. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit, is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. You see, your first birth, the physical birth, it's, it's plain to see, right? We know how it happens and from start to finish. We understand all that process, right? There's physical things involved with the whole birth process. Most of those processes can be seen with the eyes. We know where a child comes from, don't we? But the spiritual birth, this takes place within the soul. And it's a change of heart. It's an internal change, you often hear me say. A change of direction. And the direction that you will now go will be a, a direction where you will now be led by the Spirit of which you have been born again. And the way that you'll go, the Spirit knows. That's what Jesus is talking about there. Okay, This is the way of the born-again person. And Jesus says this is the way to the kingdom of God. The story goes on. Nicodemus answered, verse 9, Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you a teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Again, remember who this man is. He's a religious leader. He's a teacher of Israel. Teaching, supposedly teaching about things of God. But here's God in the flesh now teaching him. He said, are you a teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you Heavenly, heavenly things. You see, what we are seeing and what we will see as we read on here is Jesus is teaching this man who, again, was one of these people who already thought he knew everything he needed to know 
about God. Right? But Jesus had more to teach him. And again, it first starts with repentance. And then you are born again of the Spirit of God. But it's all through faith in Jesus. Look look at what Jesus continues to teach this man here. Verse 13. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Remember I said it's all focused on faith in Jesus. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So, do you see all of this? Jesus is saying that one must be born again to see the kingdom of God. Again, this is the key thing. And God became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is teaching here, right? He came down, right? He came down in order that we might be saved from our sin, the sin that separates us from Him. And the choice, the opportunity to come to this salvation, to be born again, is presented to whoever will come to believe on Jesus. Whoever will repent of their sin and come to place their faith in Jesus. But again, not everybody wants to do this. People don't want to repent. So they don't truly come to Jesus and truly come to be born again of the Spirit. Many people refuse it altogether. Many people find a religion in which they're comfortable, a place where they can go and continue in their sin and continue to live the way they want to live, but feel good about themselves, because people love remaining in and continuing in their willful sin. But one must repent and be born again, we're seeing, right? And verse 19 here in John chapter 3 continues, and this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. So here was this man This religious man, a leader, a teacher of Israel, as Jesus called him. And something was pricking at his heart. And he comes to Jesus, and the good news is is that it, 
It seems from what we can read in Scripture a little bit later on here in the Gospel of John that Nicodemus truly did come to Jesus within his heart. Uh, we later find that Nicodemus comes along and he offers assistance in the in, uh, embalming of the body of Jesus after the crucifixion. He was not ashamed to be associated with Jesus, it seemed, at that point in his life. But here's a man that's questioning in his heart, realizing, man, this, he has to be from God. And you know, when you come to Jesus, when you give your heart to Jesus, and you surrender your life to Him completely, you repent and you turn unto Him, you'll find that He begins to do marvelous works in you, within you, not external things. I'm not talking about prosperity and all, the, you know, all these things in this world. I'm talking about what Jesus will do in your heart. And as we flip back now to our main scriptures for today, go ahead and turn back to Matthew chapter 21. We find that these other religious leaders still had some hard hearts. And they were not ready to come to believe in Jesus as Nicodemus was. And picking up the story in verse 28 of Matthew chapter 21, Jesus speaking says, to these men, but what do you think? So he questions them here, right? What do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first, and he said, son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second and said, likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. Jesus says here in verse 31 to these men, he says, which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him, the first. Jesus said to them, assuredly I say to you that tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him, but tax collectors and harlots believed him. And when you saw it, you did not afterward relent and believe him. So do you see that? Jesus says to these guys, righteousness was preached to you by John, but you wanted nothing to do with this righteousness. They didn't want anything to do with repenting and believing in the one that was to come after John. But others who were not self-righteous people, where Jesus mentions these harlots and these tax collectors and such, they were willing to change. They were willing to repent and to come to faith in Jesus. And they were the truly the ones that were born again. They repented. They had faith in Jesus, and as a result, they were born of the Spirit. You see, it's crucial that we understand that coming to Jesus completely is a matter of the heart. There is a remorsefulness 
within the person that comes to Jesus. They're remorseful about their sin. And they want the past to be gone. And they want to begin again. And they want that newness of life that Jesus brings. They want to be born again. And they want to go in a a different direction, in a path of righteousness now. As a follower of Jesus, being filled with His Spirit, being led by His Spirit through the remainder of their life until someday we are in the kingdom of God with the Lord for all eternity. Now I'll repeat what I said earlier. It's far more than just religious affiliation, church attendance, church membership. You must be born of the Spirit and then commit it to and submit it to the leading of the Spirit. Again, where old things pass away, as the Scripture says, and all things become new. And it all begins with repentance and then faith in Jesus. Jesus told these confronters of His that John preached righteousness and that they wanted nothing to do with it. They wanted nothing to do with this whole righteous living thing. Because like Jesus said, men love darkness rather than light. They don't want to come to the light. And that's a hard heart. That's why there's few that, like Jesus said, that find it. Because people don't want to put their hand to the plow, as Jesus also said, and not look back. It's a commitment when you come to Jesus. So Jesus is now going to try um, to teach them in another way. In verse 33, He says, Hear another parable. Jesus is saying, telling them a story here. Let me tell you another story. There was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. And he leased it to the vine dressers and went into a far country. Now when vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the vine dressers that they might receive its fruit. And the vine dressers took his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did likewise to them. Then last of all, he sent his son to them saying, they will respect my son. It's pretty easy to figure out the point that Jesus is trying to get across to these men here, isn't it? They've got murder on their hearts. Their sinful ways, their hypocritical ways are being challenged. They are being pricked in their hearts. Their self-righteousness is being poked in the eye, if you will. And who knows, maybe Nicodemus was one of those men standing there at this time who later was pricked in his heart and came to Jesus. But Jesus continues in the story in verse 38, but when the vine dressers saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir, come let us kill him and seize his inheritance. So they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those vine dressers? Verse 41. They said to him, in other words, these men give Jesus an answer here to his story. 
They say, he will destroy those wicked men miserably and lease his vineyard to other vine dressers who will render to him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scripture the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. Remember the people that were willing to repent? The harlots and the tax collectors, the sinners, the people that were willing to repent? That's what the kingdom of God is about. It's for those that are willing to repent, not for the self-righteous religious folks. Okay? And verse 44, and whoever falls on this stone will be broken. But on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. Now when the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking of them. So a little light goes on. I mean, they just answered this question. Now a little light goes on inside of their head. Oh, he's talking about us. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitudes because they took him for a prophet. So you see, again, these guys in verse 41 being stirred in their heart by the story, condemned themselves when they said that the vine dresser will destroy those wicked men miserably and leave his vineyard to other vine dressers who will render to him the fruits in their season. And the truth of the matter is, is that Jesus first came to his own. That is, he came to the Jews of which he was born in the flesh. And he's offering the kingdom of God to them. He's bringing the truth to them that they need to repent and be born again. But his own received him not. They rejected him and they crucified him. Now, not all the Jews rejected him. There was a group of them that would be the first to receive the gospel and the first to be born again of the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit. They, but they were the few. The majority of the Jews did not come to faith in Jesus during that time. And thankfully, for the rest of us, what happened as a result was the gospel went out to the Gentile, the non-Jew, which was God's plan all along. The gospel went into all the world. And now whosoever will can come to faith in Jesus, no matter their ethnicity. The answer for the Jew is the same answer for you. You must be born again. Will you harden your heart? Will you choose to remain in the darkness of your sin? Do you think that your religion excludes you from the you must be born again mandate of Jesus? It does not. You see, in hearing what you've heard today, you have now become responsible for your response to the call of Jesus. 
to repent and to be born again of the Spirit. You might think that with this teaching that I'm a bearer of bad news. I'm a fanatic. I'm a Bible thumper, right? But in reality, I'm pointing to you to the truth that is found in the pages of the Scriptures, the Bible, the Word of God. You've read it for yourself, if you followed along with me. And you, like Nicodemus right now, need to come to Jesus. Are, are you ready to drop your pride as he was? Right? Your love of your own way of doing things, your love of the darkness, are you ready to drop that? Are you ready to come to the light that is in the knowledge of Jesus Christ? Well, that's between you and Him. You can come repentant to Him today. You can bring your questions to Jesus like Nicodemus did. Jesus was with Nicodemus and, and He was willing to make sure that Nicodemus knew what he needed to know in order that Nicodemus would not perish, but rather have everlasting life. And you can call out to Jesus today. You can get alone with Him and you can seek Him with all of your heart. Bring all of your questions to Him. Nicodemus didn't understand. What are you talking about, Jesus? But there was a spiritual truth to what Jesus was teaching. Just like with the parables that we see Jesus told here today, there's a spiritual truth to it. And that's the way you need to read the Word of God. And, but, but the Lord God is wide open to you coming to Him anytime and just saying, Lord, I don't understand. But I know you're from God. I want to know you. I want to know you, Lord. If you have any questions that we can help you with, visit our webpage and fill out our contact form today. And we'll answer any questions that you may have or if there's anything that you would like for us to pray for you about, we will be glad to do so. But today, you've heard the gospel. It's really about all I preach. You know, the Apostle Paul said, I preach Christ and Him crucified. It's really that simple because it's really all that matters. You've got to come to the knowledge of the Lord. Sure, as we continue to go through the Bible and we teach through the Bible, and I have over uh, close to 300 teachings in audio format that you can find on SoundCloud, but as we go through, we grow in the knowledge of the Lord. We understand things more. We tie it all together. We see the whole picture. That's why I encourage you and I exhort you to get into the Word of God yourself because there's nothing more important than you knowing Jesus. And there's nothing more important than you realizing that you must be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. So let's go ahead and close in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we come before you this morning and we thank you, God, for the opportunity that you have given us in your word to come unto you by faith and to be born again, to know eternal life, to have 
everlasting life with you and to be filled with your spirit, to know righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, Lord. I pray, God, for all of our hearts today. Each and every one of us needs you more and more. We need the every hour, as the old song says. Really, Lord, every second, every breath, we need you. So I pray, God, that this is the day that you have made, Lord. We know that we know that, and we know that we can rejoice and be glad in that. And I pray, God, that we will fix our eyes on you all the more this day. Thank you again for this time together here in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.